Welcome to the Ikario podcast with your hosts, Oliver Cowlishaw, myself, and the man himself, Jane Malach. And today we're going to be talking about, well, this is the first episode of the podcast. So let's talk about what is Ikario about, why are we doing this? And also we're going to talk about a mental framework that I simply refer to as everything is practice. But yeah, to start with, like, what is Ikario about? This is kind of a tricky question to answer because it's about a lot of things. Ultimately, Ikario is about the, the point of this brand, that the reason we started this is we want to create content and we want to create basically content, coaching, courses, products, whatever, in order to help people become better humans and, and live a better life. And that is something that is, you know, it's it's very much not nailed down to one specific thing. It's not just about, ooh, how to, you know, become fit and healthy or how to develop your mind or how to have better relationships. It's about how to live a better life overall. And that is, in a way that makes it a bit challenging to define, we, we don't fit into, we don't fit niche, niche neatly into a niche mm -hmm. yeah it's like casts quite a quite a broad net yeah you know but to talk about so you know one thing one thing here is like why do this because obviously we could say well okay this is personal development and there are already like thousands of podcasts and books and videos and all kinds of stuff about personal development so why create another thing and so to explain how i see things differently or, or where i think we can deliver some unique value here. Let's talk about Dan Bilzerian for a bit. Oh, let's. I've been <laughs> so, waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> so Dan Bilzerian, for anyone who's not familiar, he's become even more famous recently, basically. So he's, for years, he's been this Instagram influencer who claimed to have made a lot of money playing poker and who became famous or got loads of followers for flaunting a certain lifestyle. That would be like the, that's one version. This is why I'm talking about. That's like one version of what it means to have a good life is Dan Bilzerian is like a very extreme representation of one answer to that question, which is basically maximally hedonistic and maximally materialistic and egoistic. So his, um, yeah, he just posts this content where it's always him, you know, with helicopters and expensive cars and um, surrounded by scantily clad women all the time and flashing stacks of cash and alcohol and parties and so on and so forth, just to the absolute maximum. And and he's he's gotten like more attention recently because as it turns out, you know, he's, he's been sued and he apparently lost like fifty million dollars with his with his company. That you know, I'm sure if he if you'd asked him, he would tell you that it's the most successful company ever. But actually, it was just bleeding money. And, you know, the villa he said he owned, he actually rented and he got kicked out. And it's just all this. So it turns out, you know, to no one's surprise, probably, <laughs> that it was all fake, right? <laughs> so, but the point is, that's, that's actually besides the point. I think because that happened, Dan Bilzerian is, is I think at now almost everyone has heard of him, right? Before, he already had loads and loads of fans. But now even more people have heard about this because of the lawsuit and everything. And I think he just is a great representation of, in a way, an answer to the question of what is a good life that is very, very much in line with all of our cultural narratives. You know, it's like the perfectly 
consumer-based answer. Well, having a good life is having loads of money and spending it on all kinds of shit you don't need, right? And so that's, and, and I think that's that's something we often find like with influencer stuff, with inspirational stuff, with um, this kind of stuff, you are shown this imagery of desirable lifestyle that usually involves stuff you can't afford. So people traveling in luxurious ways to faraway places and and yeah, you know, fancy food, expensive cars, all this kind of stuff. And that is certainly one thing that informs what our idea is of 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 a goal to strive for. And and I think especially a lot of in in the case of Bilzeri and especially like probably a lot of young men, I imagine that a lot of his fans are, are boys and young men who would say, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I want my life to look like. But then that is, of course, very shallow. And it lacks, you, you can be um, rich and surrounded by beautiful people and driving a Lamborghini and whatnot and be completely miserable. And you can still be completely captive. And I think that gets to one of the core values that we have at Ikari. It's about freedom. And it's not just about the freedom of, oh, I have all this money, I can be on an endless vacation, I can buy whatever I want. That is one kind of freedom, which is worth pursuing. Uh, it's, it's nice to be financially free and to own your time and all that. But like I said, you can, you can have all that and you can still be completely captive and completely needy for social validation. You can be completely, uh, you can also be miserable, you know, because just you're unhealthy you don't feel good in your body, you feel unfulfilled and, and hollow and so on. And so if you think of like answers to what is a good life, like Dan Bilzerian puts a flag in there and says, this is a good life. And we're saying, okay, no, it's not that. Our, the point is not to drive people towards that. And also, Ikario is a self-experiment as well for myself and for this team of people. We are not aiming for that life. Right, that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make as much money as possible and spend it on expensive shit, and flaunt it. In fact, there's quite a lot of that that we are actively trying to get away from. We're looking at okay, what what is it in me that feels like it wants that? What in me wants people to see me, you know, doing expensive things and and wearing expensive clothes and and getting some kind of validation. Oh, I want the likes. I want the followers. That, that part of me, to me, that part of me is essentially um, something that I want to free myself of. That is, the more I have that, the less free I am in that aspect of my life. So, yeah, that's, that's a, what are your thoughts on that? That's kind of a, a way to maybe define or to start defining what a good life is in following the Ikario way. Well, I think it's, I think this is really, I think it's really useful because it it's always surprised me. It's never failed to surprise me how there will be stories that come down the down the pike, down the pipe, I don't know what the expression is. Um about people who have this like material success like Bilzerian. Um and there'll be like scandals that appear with like celebrities and stuff, and these people who masses of people aspire whether they're consciously aware of it or not, to become like that and like that. But they'll also, they will, they'll want to be like that. But then when these stories emerge, it's like they're kind of like, oh yeah, it's a story, but I still want to be like that. It's like it won't shatter the illusion completely. And there was an interesting thing when I, um, I think there was a time when H3H3, when Ethan Klein 
uh, event because eventually he did these videos where he was making fun of Ty Lopez and the knowledge videos and stuff. And he eventually met Ty Lopez and did like a video. And in this video, it was really cool because Ty Lopez was actually being quite candid about his situation. Ethan was asking him questions about, okay, so why do you, why do you want to be rich and what's driving all this? And Ty was like, I don't really know. Um, some sort of inadequacy, I guess. And he says, it's not as if, it's not as if now that I've got all this money, I'm free of problems. He goes, for instance, now I can't stop like worrying whether my maid is stealing from me. And he goes, that's a problem I didn't have when I wasn't rich. I never thought about that. But it's not, it's, it's as if Ty was talking about a, a whole new breed of problems emerged as a result of being financially free or, or financially, you know, excessive in a way. So it just, it never ceases to, to amaze me how people will still aspire to this stuff, even though we've been told by many wise people that this stuff is not an end unto itself. It won't make you happy forever. And it's, it's, it always interests me what it is about that idea of, of just permanent, when I do X, 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 when I do all these things, I will be happy like forever. Yeah. And I think if you sat someone down and was like, do you really believe that? Like, do you really believe that if you achieved all these things, you would be permanently happy? They'd likely say, well, I don't know. I don't think so. But they're acting as if that were true. Yeah. So I think the, the Ikario way, I think one thing it can serve to do is shatter the illusion, um, which I, I commend it for, if we can do that. Yeah. And I think another important aspect to that is that black and white thinking also doesn't help. Because it's one thing to realize, okay, um, you know, this kind of pursuit of material wealth and validation and so on that's trying to fill a hole inside you, it's actually never going to make you happy. But then with something like, it's, it's also not the solution to just say, okay, I, I want none of that. Because in a way, if in a, in a black and white way of thinking, you could easily say, well, okay, maybe making loads of money isn't going to make me happy. But certainly being broke all the time is definitely not working for me. So I might as well go for that, you know? And so, and I think that this is something that is much harder to come across is something that is kind of doing it in moderation. So like personally, I've spent the last 12 years or so of my life as mainly as an entrepreneur. So most of my time and energy has gone into building businesses, which is very much about making money. It's not only about making money, right? It's not the only reason to build a business, but that's one of the things you do when you build a business as an entrepreneur. It's like, it's about making money. And I, I don't regret that at all. Uh, it's, it has afforded me incredible freedom, but also I somehow managed to avoid the excesses, which is to say that I learned how to make lots of money. I learned how to play the, the, the financial game or the market game without falling into many of the traps that await when you start doing this, which for an entrepreneur, it starts with loans and investors, right? Right away, oh, you have a good idea. Hey, you know, pitch it to investors, get funding, which basically means get debt right away go in debt, go in massive debt. And now, oh shit, now you have to grow like crazy to try and get a return on this. And then, and then the lifestyle trap, right? What most people do is they, they get themselves on, or what many people do is they get themselves on a hedonic treadmill where it's like, okay, in the beginning you're broke and you eat ramen and you live in a tiny studio apartment with 15 <laughs> friends, right? And then once you can afford to, yeah, you, you move into your own place and you, you know, 
you upgrade your your life quality. But then as you start, as you make more money, you keep just upgrading your expenses. And then eventually you have all this expensive stuff that's making you absolutely no happier. But your living cost is so high that you're constantly anxious because now, unless you keep making millions every year, you know, you're you're basically about to run out of money. No matter how much money you make, you're always about to run out of it. Um, and then, yeah, if you add to that, yeah, the seeking validation and all this kind of stuff, you can get yourself in a, in a situation where it kind of gets worse and worse. But it's important to realize it is possible. It is possible to get good at this. It's possible to get good at the financial game and essentially set up systems that ensure that you earn more money than you'll ever need without becoming materialistic, without being in a situation where you feel like you need to, where you do the keeping up with the Joneses, where you have, yes, I, you know, I have loads of money, but also I'm in millions in debt or whatever. You can avoid all that. And again, this would be an example of like the Ikario way. It's not about don't pursue material wealth at all. I think it makes perfect sense to pursue material wealth to a certain degree. And more so, I think it, it should be something that doesn't dominate your life. Right? It should be something where you can say, I can set up systems, I can, I can set up habits and systems and do the work that builds a foundation that gives me financial freedom without that being the sole focus of my life. And that, is, and that same thing is true for other areas of life. So just like I don't want to be an entrepreneur who works 16 hours a day um, and, and is obsessed with money and does nothing else, I want to be fit and healthy, but I don't want to be someone who is obsessed with my physique and is constantly chasing numbers in the gym and spends hours and hours in the gym and is always counting calories of everything because I have to make sure that I keep a, a crisp six pack and I get a you know existential crisis if I put on like half a percent of body fat, you know, and and I'm obsessed with like protein powders and so on, and I'm I'm shooting up steroids and God knows what, right? That's also like a this this like slippery slope that you can go down, where you get bigger and stronger and fitter and more miserable at the same time. So same there. I don't. I want the the good parts of this, without falling into the traps of obsession and and identification and so on with it. And then the same across all kinds of stuff, right? I basically want to. I want to be able to manage, I want to design my life and the different areas of my life so that this stuff is taken care of and so that it's deliberate. So another thing would be like your social life, right? I think a problem that, that I realized at some point in my life is that my social life was completely by accident, you know? I hadn't made any conscious decisions. It was just like, you know, you stumble across a social circle or you stumble into a social circle or something. And then if you're lucky, the people there are great. If you're not, then it's kind of toxic and it's horrible. Well, I want to be in a situation where I can design, where I can take charge of that, where I can say, I want this kind of experience in my social life and do that, again, without it taking all of my time and energy, right? It's, it's, in a way, you can think of it as I want to create, I want to establish these systems across all dimensions of life that help me lead a good life without falling into any like hole of obsession. Got you. And for some reason, and you're going to love this because you're a martial arts nutter, there's there's a uh, a link to martial arts that springs to mind for me here. So the idea is that with a traditional martial art, you develop this skill where you could basically you can handle yourself. And the virtue in this is that when you can really handle yourself, you can cause chaos, you can cause damage, but you have the freedom to choose 
not to. You can use it if you want to. You can also choose not to. The point is, it's now a choice. It's not that you're helpless because that's not virtuous, really. It's just like you're helpless. You couldn't, you couldn't protect someone if you wanted to. So it's not a choice. It's not freedom because you couldn't do it if you wanted to. So you just you just basically helpless. The choice is already made for you. So the the um the parallel with martial arts in this way. Let's let's use finance as, a, as an example. If you haven't developed the skill of cultivating financial freedom of, of creating wealth in your life, it's like you you don't have freedom. You're just going to be broke. Um, so if you were to make a decision about frugality, it's not based on your own choice. It's that you just you couldn't create wealth if you wanted to. So the idea is that you develop, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the idea, um, you, you develop the skill of wealth generation because that gives you the freedom. And, you, and, and when you develop that skill, you could create wealth left, right, and center. But the Ikaria way is like, we're choosing frugality here. We're choosing to not go to excess Dan Bilzerian levels. Yeah. Um, the Ikaria way is choosing, it's, it, it does seem to me like there's a parallel with the Ikaria way martial arts, the, the philosophy that drives a lot of these martial arts traditions, and also the sort of Buddhist middle way. Yeah, 100%. So, so one way to, to think of what we're trying to do is we are trying to empower people. And I think that it is, a lot of this is about gaining personal power, which interestingly may sound a bit controversial to some people. Right, but I am talking about I want to help you become a more powerful person, which does include a more you become a more dangerous person, right? So you can think of it as the goal is not to just like retreat and be ascetic or something like that. The goal is to become a force to be reckoned with. And that is true. Like with power comes, like you say, the, the ability to cause chaos, the ability to cause damage and the choice of whether you're going to do it or not. And yeah, the, the martial arts analogy is perfect, right? Because now you can hurt someone, but you choose not to, ideally. Another one that I think is, is something that we'll definitely touch on in future episodes and in future content pieces is emotional flexibility. And emotional flexibility is something that I think is, again, often just, uh, I guess most people have never even considered that. And I kind of stumbled into this concept at one point, um, but it's become really important to me. And the idea of emotional flexibility is just this, that for most of us, we are always reacting to the same things in the same ways. So for, for example, I was a very meek and shy person for a lot of my life. And I would have told you all kinds of reasons of why I do this. You know, it's like, oh, I, you know, I'm just being polite. I'm being nice. I don't want to impose on people and stuff like that, right? So it's like, I'm telling you a story that implies I choose to be like this. But the truth is, this is the only way I was capable of being. I did not have a choice, right? In every situation, it's like you have a multiple choice menu. All of the options are grayed out except be meek and shy. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm choosing this. No, you're not choosing this. This is the only choice you have, right? And similarly, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, maybe someone's like an asshole all the time. Every single time they're, they're slightly emotionally rustled, they lash out. They start shouting. They start, you know, lashing out at other people. 
the thing is, that's again, it's the only choice. They always do the same thing, always in response to the same thing. There's no emotional flexibility. And where this becomes, like as soon as you think about, well, okay, I'm in situations where I want a certain outcome that's maybe in conflict with, um, with someone else, right? And there, this becomes a, a trap. Because look, th there might be situations where just being like, okay, I'm just gonna stand back and let this play out. That's the best choice. In terms of like, if we, if we think of it completely from a utilitarian standpoint, right? There, there are things I want and there are things I want to avoid. Here's a situation that's unfolding. The best choice is for me to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna let this play out. I'm gonna basically be meek and shy. And that is most in line with, with my goals. But there are situations where you have to be able to turn on the asshole, mm -hmm. right? The situations <laughs> the where you have to be like, okay, now it is, it's rare, I would say, but sometimes the way to get what you want is to shout at someone, right? <laughs> and like I said, I think it's rare, but if, if, that's, if you don't have that option, that is limiting your freedom, right? And it, so it's much better to be assertive enough and to be in control of a situation enough that you can say, if I wanted to, I can use aggression in this situation to get a point across, but I don't have to, right? I actually have a choice. 100%. I mean, I've got a, a personal example of that too. It's the, the meek, because the, the, I used to be a, a chronic people pleaser. Uh, I used to be afraid of confrontation. It, I'm still not completely comfortable with it, but I used to be, I used to shy away from any confrontation, however necessary it may, might have been at the time. I was just, I wouldn't confront anyone. And I would then the, 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 the rational part of me would kick in to justify it. And around this time, I discovered uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm. And it, while I still like, maintain that that is like, one of the most influential books I've ever read and ideas as a whole, at that time, what that did was serve to enable my people-pleasing, confrontation-averse tendencies it, by giving it a framework right. with which it can find a home. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to confront that person because I'm just going to, my emotions are mine to deal with. I'm just going to breathe through it. Everything's okay. Everything's like present. It's like, and that was a kind of repression of my aggressive tendencies. And eventually that came to a head and it was like, look, there were certain situations in my life that it emerged where it's like, look, the, the best response is direct confrontation with a problem that involves other people, that involves you being assertive and everything else. And at the time it wasn't, as if I was choosing to be calm and choose, as you say, like choosing to be allowing of this and et cetera, because it wasn't the choice because I couldn't have done anything else. So that's not freedom either. So the, the real freedom came when I started to, started to practice and integrate these assertive qualities. And so now when a situation emerges that's better served by just breathing through it and allowing this, it feels like a choice. It doesn't feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm powerless here. It feels powerful, even though I've chosen to not, not react. Because the point is, it's a choice at that point. Yeah, and you might have also, maybe you've also noticed that in the team, right? We've been, so we've been working with the Akaria team for like six months now. And you might have noticed that, and now you'll notice because I'm going to point it out to you, but what sometimes happens is that I will introduce, you know, whatever, some project we're working on or some system or whatever. And whenever I introduce something, you can probably confirm that I'm very, Basically, I'm not a tyrannical boss, right? It's like, it's like, hey, here's a suggestion. Pay attention to this, right? And 
when something goes wrong, when the when the calm approach didn't work, then there's usually going to be a second or third round where I turn up the intensity, right? Where I'm a little bit upset and where I'm talking about how if you keep doing this, this is all going to fall apart, right? And and that is one of those things. It used to be that I couldn't do that. It used to be that I'd be like, hey, can we maybe do this? And then if it doesn't come across, if it doesn't work, I'd just be like, oh, I guess, uh, you know? <laughs> but now I realize that, look, I realize that sometimes, even though that's not my preferred way to communicate, like sometimes if you turn up the intensity a bit, you make it a bit serious, you're like, you know, fucking pay attention this time. Yeah. That's what something that's what people need to hear sometimes to be like, oh shit, oh, this is actually important. Okay. Because that's also something I learned is that because I'm generally very calm, sometimes people just don't take me seriously. You know, it's like, well, he's so calm about it, it can't be important, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. I've I've learned to be like, okay, if that doesn't work, here's the other option, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, this is the interesting thing about that. Because you are calm as a default, when you ramp up the intensity on something. In the team, it's as, it's as though it's like, oh, you know, it's like if the intensity is being ramped up on this thing, this is important, yeah. which is why, and, and no one on the team would disagree that in the times when you've ramped up the intensity, it's like, okay, this was actually super significant. We were just sort of, our heads were in the clouds, apparently. Yeah. And it's like, right, guys, pay attention to this. We're like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And no one would disagree that that approach at that time for that specific thing was would, would be like necessary. So yeah, it's having that. So you call it emotional flexibility. Yeah. So anyway, that that's an example of kind of, let's say, a something to develop that helps you become a more powerful person because it gives you more choice and more freedom. And it's the kind of thing that I think is in your typical uh, motivational slash inspirational slash self-development type content, hard to come by. So, and that's one of the things, that's kind of an example of what we want to do with Ikario. Now, Another, another thing, like why this podcast, I want to briefly talk about why we're doing this podcast, because the idea here is to we try to like translate and scale something and reach more people with something that has already been happening in my life quite a lot, which is that, um, so for a long time, I've been working with people and with groups of people on personal development topics or, or on this theme, along this theme. And this, by the way, is another example of uh, freedom of making a choice. So thanks to the businesses I've built and thanks to the financial means that I have, I have been able to do some pretty unconventional things where that are not necessarily the most like financially efficient things to do, but that are the things I want to do. So in order to hire people, in order to put together teams, what I have done several times is that I've done some kind of an apprenticeship thing where basically, so the first time I did this, I flew like six people out to Barcelona, rented apartments for everyone to live in. We were living together and working together for a period of three months. And that is something, you know, this, if you tried to just maximize the bottom line, you probably wouldn't use that way to hire people. But that's the kind of work I want to be doing. And, I, uh, and because of my attitude towards the purpose of making money and the purpose of my business, I can do that. And so this has been some of the most gratifying work I've ever done is to work directly with people and to teach them skills directly. But what I noticed is that over time, you know, for a long time after I started having some success as an entrepreneur, I was like the entrepreneur guy. I was the business guy where 
people would come to me with business questions. I would have discussions about entrepreneurship with everyone, you know, that was the thing. But without really, without me really trying to do that, this over time drifted more towards like life. I was talking more about life than about entrepreneurship. And I noticed that even when I did an apprenticeship where people got together with the express purpose of learning digital marketing skills, like the main value, they got a lot of value out of it in, in terms of the digital marketing skills they learned. But the main value they got out of it was everything else, was just being shown a different approach to life and a different kind of mindset and cleaning up your way of thinking and you know, basically yeah, generating greater clarity of thinking, having tools to, um, like problem solving tools to apply to things like emotional distress or things like that, you know, and also the community that formed. And it just seemed to me like, it's kind of weird. I'm inviting people to learn digital marketing. skills, and like 10% of the value to get is digital marketing. And 90% of the value is stuff that wasn't on the label, you know, and more and more, um, yeah, people would come to me and ask me about things and to have conversations with me that is more about just, yeah, how to live a better life and how to be a better person rather than how to be an entrepreneur. And I noticed that the thing that we've also done with Ikario, and you, so you've, you know, you've been privy to this as well. There's something about getting the right kind of people in a room together and just sitting around and talking that makes magic happen. And I think that a big part of that is, I think of it as this idea of, you know, that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think there's, there's some merit in that idea, you know, because yeah, if you, just as a simple example, right, if you hang around with people who are generally miserable, you're probably going to be miserable too, right? Um, but also, not just like your emotional state, like if you hang around with people who are, um, who have mastered the game of, of money, and they're, you know, they have their businesses and their investors and all this kind of stuff. It's going to rub off on you. You know, it's like you're, you're, it's going to change the way you think about money. It's going to change your behavior. It's going to change. And also opportunities are going to come. You're going to come across opportunities that you'd otherwise not become. So, so just by hanging out with rich people, you're probably going to increase your, your own net worth, right? It kind of rubs off on you. And the same is true for everything else. You hang out with super fit people, you're going to get fitter, Right. And so I think that is one of the effects that we've seen where you bring people together who are generally ambitious and growth-minded and into, yeah, fitness and self-improvement and so on and so forth. You bring them all together, you have conversations together, you, you do stuff together, and this thing happens where it just upgrades everyone's life. Yeah, well, to speak of my own experience with the apprenticeship, one of the, just in confirmation of what you just said, one of the, one of the most interesting things that that was almost immediately apparent for me within the first two weeks was it became clear to me that I was hanging around with a couple of people who were just creative and they had projects that, that brought them intrinsic satisfaction to, to undertake and to, you know, to, to carry out. And this was quite strange for me at the time because before I came to Lisbon and joined the apprenticeship, I didn't... I hadn't fully articulated this, but what I was kind of, I was, I was pretty aimless. And for some reason, I just, I, di I didn't really take it seriously that, that some people could 
um, undertake creative projects for its own and, and get real satisfaction from that for its own sake. For some reason, because I'd never, I'd never been around people who, who, who did that before. And when the, within the first couple of weeks, I was, we were hanging around, I was hanging around with yourself. I was, we were hanging around with another member of the team, Jonas, who's like a filmmaker, just totally got so much inspiration. And when he spoke about filmmaking, it totally, totally lit up and everything like that. It's just like, wow. And straight away, I felt, initially, I felt quite inadequate because I was like, well, what's my inspiration? But as time went on, it totally rubbed off. And I now exhibit the same traits and it's way more satisfying. So the basically this is just confirmation that yeah the people you hang around with they have an influence for better or for worse yeah yeah so this effect that we've observed is something that we're trying to scale with this podcast because so what we're trying to do is we're trying to have some of those conversations on air basically so that because so often we have conversations where we feel like well I wish more people knew about this or like a lot of people could benefit from what just happened, right? And so that's part of what we're trying to do with the podcast is have these conversations on air. And I think this is one of the things you can do, especially podcasts are are good for this, where you can, you know, you can't immediately switch the people you, you hang out with in real life, kind of a project to design your social circle. But you can get this kind of exposure from from books and podcasts because i think that's that's also where i got it from first like before i built a social circle i was, I was a total loner but these positive influences and new ideas and so on came from books primarily and later some podcasts where i feel like i get that value as well it just like opens my mind to new ways of thinking about things and learning things so that is what we're trying to do that is also, and that's why this podcast, the, the podcast is not the only thing we do at Ikario, but the reason we're doing this podcast, we want to see if we can get that, that conversational magic, if that translates to a podcast. And we'll see. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is, is one of those ideas. We've already touched actually on quite a few ideas that are, that are pretty interesting, but one of those ideas is that everything is practice. And this is, I think, important for the kind of thing we're doing right now, which is we're recording a podcast and this is, it's like this creative project where what I just described as the goals of Ikario, the goals of this podcast and so on, will this work? I have no idea. And are we doing this right? I don't know. And really, are you ready for this? Are you ready to do a podcast? Well, not really, you know? I didn't wake up this morning feeling like, yes, today is the day where I will start the podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> I have a bunch of notes <laughs> and we've veered off of them quite a lot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I knew this would happen. Yeah, and but, which, which it also should. Mm. Um, but the point is, one of the ways in which, you can, in which you can reframe your thinking about creative projects like this is that this is practice. This episode is practice for the next episode. The next episode is practice for the next one. We are practicing... It's not so important how many, like how many people are going to listen to this episode. Well, not that many, right? It's the first one. All three of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it's not that important how good or bad this episode is. The important thing is that we're sitting here and doing the work and over time we'll get better. And the more practice we do, the more we level up our own power, 
our own potential to fulfill the goals that we've set for ourselves. And this is a way to, to not let ambitious goals paralyze you. Because we could say, oh, how do we do this? We're trying to empower people. We're trying to free people from all these shackles. We're trying to change people's lives. That's a lot of pressure. This episode right now has to change lives. Oh my God. Can we? Oh my God. I can't do this. I can't. Let's do it later. <laughs> right? Yeah. Procrastination but, kicks in yeah. at that point. But no, that's, that's, you have to practice, right? <laughs> maybe episode 100 will be like life changing. And maybe we need to do 99 episodes of practice to get there. And that's what we're going to do. Right? Yeah. Before we get the first good episode if it's 99 then uh then it's just practice but that's something you touched on um is that everything is practice and how so that's pretty widely applicable and the 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 utility of that idea helps people helps people um not fall into the trap of just this absolute perfectionism that eventually paralyzes them and stops them from changing at all so if everything's practice, then you just sort of have this, this, you let yourself off the hook enough to just get going and start taking action. Yeah, totally. And it's, it is very, very widely applicable. And it's even like, think of, you know, your relationship, either your romantic relationship or a relationship with family or friends or whatever. Even that, it, you can look at that as practice. You know, it's like, look, I want to be a good friend and a good listener and a good lover and all this kind of stuff. And it's the same thing. I can be like, am I doing it right? Oh my God. Oh, I, I can't face the pressure. Or I can say, this is practice. I am practicing being a better listener, right? And every time is an opportunity to practice. I think it's an attitude that makes, it's an attitude. It's like, think of this as software, right? Beliefs are like software. This is a belief that's very much worth installing. Like install this and see what happens. Cool. All right. So with that, I think let's wrap up episode number one. Um, show notes. We don't have a system for any of this stuff yet. So show notes are going to be at ikario.com forward slash zero zero one. Okay. And we're going to have the, the clips channel. We're going to chop, chop this clip up. I'm going to have a few of the highlights as well. That's right. So on YouTube, you can find the Ikario channel, which is content video stuff. You can find the Ikario podcast, which is this. And you can find the Ikario Clips channel where we'll have individual clips. And you can go ahead and subscribe to all of it. And you can go to Ikario.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And you can subscribe to Snail Mail. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you need to do all of the things. Yes. Click all of the buttons, subscribe to everything, and don't miss an episode. That is the key that, to upgrading your life. That would be a tragic mistake, is if you missed a single episode. That's true. Yes. <laughs> all right. That's it for episode one. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Take care.